desert with these allergies. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm in the Egyptian desert right now. A little bit. <laughs> How are you today? Oh, I'm, I'm all right. Thanks for asking. I uh, just finished Moon Knight, so I'm feeling good about that. I was and am more excited about Moon Knight than Mom, Multiverse of Madness. Mom? Is that what they're calling it? <laughs> <laughs> M-O-M. Kevin Feige's mom. Sam Raimi's Raimi's mom. mom. (laughs) I didn't know the end of Moon Knight was the first time I had seen a Kevin Feige production. How long has that been on the bottle? I don't know. It's pretty interesting that, like, Kevin Feige really is, like, God in Marvel. He's like... These days? Yeah. 92% people like this show. I can tell you right now, this podcast is not going to do Moon Knight justice. No. Probably not. (laughs) However... I have loved Moon Knight for about six weeks, 20 years. <laughs> no, I, I used to read Moon Knight comics, but I, I hadn't read them in about 15, 13 years. So this was a very different take on Moon Knight than what I was used to. Mm-hmm. Much less uh, visceral, right? Or graphic, gory. Well, it's that's kind of part of the conversation, I think, but... We should just briefly touch on how this production came to be. It's actually really fascinating. Doug Moench. Moench? I like Moench better. Moench, whatever. Moench. He was the like producer, but the the guy who was like the main director, his name is Mohammed Diab. He's an actual Egyptian guy and He's a guy from Egypt. He's a guy from Egypt. <laughs> and he wrote Marvel like a hundred pages of like what he would do if he had Moon Knight. Really? And he is kind of one of the head forces behind this show. And they like led they're like, Yeah, sure, let's let's see what you could do. And then your boys, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Yeah. Big ups. I say your boys because you, you knew about them before I did. Yeah, they're yeah, big big ups. Big ups. <laughs> But they're, they're going to be working on, I, I feel like it's something or some undisclosed Marvel project in the future, but they're they're going to be Marvel's new It Boys for a while, and I think they directed some of the better episodes of Moon Knight. But yeah, Moon Knight just ended today, and we all got to see how it wrapped up, like a mummy. Yeah, it had a lot to... Or the Moon Knight costume. <laughs> it had a lot to accomplish in its sixth episode. It set up a lot. I know we were both head scratching last week going because we heard that the final episode was going to be the shortest. It's like 44, 45 minutes. That's with credits. Yeah. And we were both head head scratching going, how are they going to wrap all this up in that amount of time? Uh Uh-huh. Like, because they did do it and they did it well. This final episode was maybe, in my opinion, the best final episode of a Marvel series on Disney Plus that we've seen yet. There's a lot of caveats there, but... I made it. I made it work. It's still tough to beat Loki finale for me. Okay. With Jonathan Majors. That was sensational. Uh, but this was good. I think episode five is still the best episode of the show for me. Yeah. I think I'm just really jazzed on it because the last last episode I saw was Hawkeye, hmm. where they fumbled the ball and <laughs> lost the game, in my opinion, with, with Kingpin there. so Kingpin was in that show? <laughs> Yeah, he shows up in the end, try to save the show, and then ends up making it worse. But anyway, Keanu Reeves joining the MCU. Interesting. What? Breaking news. Keanu Reeves joins the MCU. Hope that wasn't a spoiler. 
no. No, but so, yeah, this show deals with a character that not a lot of people knew before this series named Moon Knight, who is a avatar to the Egyptian god Khonshu, the god of the moon, mm-hmm. who wants to bring justice to people who walk under the light of the moon. Retroactively. <laughs> yeah, that's a big point it's of punishment. the show. He brings retribution. Yeah. And he uses a man named Mark Spector, played by Oscar Isaac here, to dress up in a costume that gives him kind of these superpowers and these weapons, I guess, these like kind of knifey weapons in the shape of a moon, these moon discs. Moon blade. To fight bad guys. Yeah. And Mark Spector has a split personality under the guise of disassociative identity disorder, DID, which is an actual thing. I was actually watching a YouTube girl who has DID review Moon Knight and the oh. accuracy I've uh, presented of DID. I thought you were going to say it was Amber Heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that, that would have been a funny joke. <laughs> I was actually just watching her on No 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 she so this girl I can't remember but she had she has DID and she has like six personalities or something and she was saying that she was probably giving it a lot more grace than a lot of other people in the DID community would this show because there's a lot of misrepresentation and poor representation of people who have DID like split for example, where you have like a lot of murder and psychotic behavior. And she's like this show and its representation of GID was a saving grace alone just because the person wasn't a murderer or a psycho, like a psycho, you know? So that was interesting to hear. It's like a 20 minute YouTube video. But anyway, yeah, Mark Spector has another personality named Stephen Grant who Oscar Isaac, you know, plays it's, he's a high talking London British man who works at a museum and can you do his voice for me? <laughs> no, because I I always end up just doing Dobby's voice from Harry Potter. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Let the listeners hear. I don't know the difference between waking life and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty accurate. And I watched a dialect coach, a British dialect coach, pick apart. Oscar Isaac's British accent in the show too. That was funny. He picked it apart, huh? Well, he he actually said it was pretty good, but oh, but there it, you know there's a couple of parts that he really really dissected and picked apart. Yes, but he said when most people do a British accent, they go lower, and he went higher, which is really interesting. But yeah, Oscar Isaac leading into this show really wanted to do something that wasn't like a big budget thing you wanted to do something a lot smaller a more intimate like an indie film and marvel convinced him that this was it (laughs) well yeah i think he was exhausted between star wars and x-men apocalypse yeah and uh he i think he's talked about how it was the mental health angle that really pulled him in and allowed him to explore that at a greater depth than what you might typically expect from your superhero fare also marvel does have a history of of their casting crew saying that their sets are very much they have like a really good vibe and a feeling of sort of being like indie films even though they're these big budget blockbusters they are kind of known to be 
like really easygoing and on not, every model not a lot set? of pressure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Everyone that works with Marvel, like in the production side, like actors and crew are all like, oh man, it's just so fun and easy. I mean, like as easy as film goes, like production side, because you know, it is a lot of labor intensive stuff. But anyway, we have an actual Egyptian woman on the cast today on the cast. Wait, <laughs> no, no. Who's in the cast? Her name's May Callum Callumaway Callumui Kalamui. I actually don't know how to pronounce her last name. Do you know how to pronounce it? And she plays Layla, who's Oscar Isaac's uh, person <laughs> wife. Yeah, Mark's wife, not Stephen's wife. Although they come to care for each other as well. They're in a thruple. <laughs> a thruple, huh? <laughs> yeah, she's great. We both really liked her. I thought she was a great actress. She was like this wonderful kind of like no name addition that went toe to toe with Oscar Isaac the whole time. And then Ethan Hawke played the villain, Arthur Harrow. Amazing. The previous avatar of Khonshu. Yeah. Who is now working to release another Egyptian god, Amit. Who judges people based off of what they will do rather than what they've done. It was like a minority report justice. It is a minority report type justice. Yeah, Ethan Hawke was really interesting in this. He uh, plays the soft-spoken but conniving. Yeah, a man led by conviction. You know, he he believes in his righteous goal and uh he walks on glass. Marvel's villains have a rich history of uh not being very interesting, but I thought Ethan Hawke gave it a nice spin because he wasn't like a bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just going about it <laughs> in the wrong way. Yeah. No, I agree. And then the God of Khonshu was played by F. Murray Abraham, the the voice at least. Um, I loved his voice and how they presented Khonshu in this show. Yeah, he's got an, an iconic tone. He Tim, is. Timber. I can't even do it. Mark, yeah. you will be my avatar. <laughs> We're we just have to we're, stop Amit. We're, we're killing it with the <laughs> voices today. He's great. He, he had a lot of personality too for being a disembodied voice. Really enjoyed his take, or yeah. I guess their take on Kanchu. Yeah. So the show essentially plays out that you know Mark is trying to stop Harrow from reviving Amit and killing the world, judging the world, which would be like killing most of the world. It's like a, like a Thanos kind of you know. It's it's for the greater good. Which yeah. is a great villain. Yeah. So that's kind of the premise of the show, but there's a lot of um, a lot of psychological breakdown, like you were saying, like the mental health aspect, and all of episode five, where they Mark essentially dies and goes to the Egyptian dead zone and has to navigate that. But it it, it takes the appearance of an insane asylum, and he has to navigate it with his rooms and going through his history and learning, uh, discovering past traumas and how that affects him. So Oscar Isaac really gets to, you know, show his chops. He does. (laughs) He does. By playing multiple personalities, basically multiple people and really just going deep inside of, you know, his skill set as an actor and deep inside of the psyche of the character. Or characters, I guess you should say. I didn't know this, but DID actually is, it comes about only through trauma between the ages of usually around six to nine. Mm. So it's not something that like just happens, 
but it, it happens when, especially when there's like physical abuse involved and the person escapes the physical abuse by mentally escaping and creating essentially an alternate version of themselves so they can endure the, the pain and suffering at, at that age because they don't know how to do anything else. So the way that that was portrayed in episode five was spot on and, and honestly heartbreaking, I think, for the audience. How, how did, you, you loved episode five the most, so how did you feel about it? Yeah, they went to some pretty dark places. I was hoping they would, because like you said, Moon Knight's history as a Marvel comic book character is pretty brutal, you know? Psychotic Batman was the way you initially described him to me, because I I didn't grow up with Moon Knight. Uh, So I was always hoping for this show to really push the envelope a little more, and it was episode five, which uh, did that really for me. There's still not as much blood, you know, and (laughs) dismemberment in this show. Yeah. But thematically, especially with Mark's history and Steven's history with their family, it was was traumatic, and it was dark. Yeah. And... They went there as far as they could go within the confines of like the Disney yeah. gloss. Like like the violence happened off screen. Yeah, like yeah. You saw his he, mom was his, physically abusive. His mom was she comes in the room, whips out a belt, and then they exit the room and you hear what happens off screen, so you don't actually see it. And that happens quite a bit in the show. Mm-hmm. Um if you know yeah, well, in general, a lot of the violence happens off screen because it, of Mark's personality. Yeah, it literally happens because he'll wake up, it'll it'll just jump forward a few minutes, and you don't really, you're kind of disoriented because you don't really know what happened. But there's a bunch of bloody, you know, people around him on the ground, and which we come to realize is attributed to the third personality, Jake Lockley, which yep. we don't even meet until spoilers. Yeah, but yeah. There's a third personality, Jake Lockley who we finally get a glimpse of in the post credit scene of the show. Yeah, I can't believe they did that. I mean, I knew there would be a post credit scene, but they left the actual run of the show with, yeah. oh, the villain's alive again. <laughs> in the post credit scene, Conchu and Jake roll up and just, just execute Arthur Harrow in the back of a limo. And I yeah. was like, yes! <laughs> no more loose ends. Thank you. For once. It felt good. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a third personality that is more violent than both Mark, who was a mercenary and has military, you know, training and background, and Steven, who's like very much nonviolent, but does learn to be a little bit of a badass in the final episode, which was cool to see as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I should I should say that like the disnifying of the more violent aspects of Marvel, the more violent characters I was expecting to see, I was hoping to see more blood because Moon Knight is a pretty bloody comic. It is very dark, not not in the sense of like, you know, the the physical aspect of his costume because it's literally a white costume, but it's dark in tone and is very aggressive and violent and bloody. And I would say Daredevil, the Daredevil that came out on Netflix, which is now on Disney Plus, was a lot more accurate to what I was hoping Moon Knight would be. Um, but I, but I do think that like Disney is doing it a little less in your face, bloody and violent to try to reach a wider audience. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, also because they're Disney, but like, I think, I think it does reach a wider audience when you have less gore shown on screen. Yeah. 
that's correct. <laughs> You're not wrong. So I think I think because it's Marvel and because they're trying to create these shows, I think this is. I feel like this was the show that's as dark as it could go. Yeah. Before you you lose a, a big chunk of your demographic. Sure. The problem with for me is I was expecting to see a very different Moon Knight, a very gruesome, a very bloody. I was hoping to see that, and I I was actually pleased in the outcome with what they did because I think that they, you could tell that they really wanted to push the envelope as far as the violence goes, but you know, had to restrain because of, you know, the fact that they're trying to reach a specific, you know, a wider demographic. So family friendly, but, but it does leave me a little bit dissatisfied in the, in the sense of like not being able to see, you know, the real gritty, maybe we'll get like a rated R uh, Midnight Suns or something one day, where, where, which is like a like a Dark Avengers essentially. There, mm-hmm. what's funny is Dark Avengers also exists, but you know a more gritty Avengers where it's like you know Daredevil and Moon Knight and Ghost Rider and all the dark characters. They tackle like the supernatural threats. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. But and, and and but it's like very gritty and gory. So yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, but maybe we'll get like a grittier R-rated film one day that's like all about it. That'd be cool. Anyway, it's, I think I think Oscar Isaac has also <laughs> been on record saying he'd like to do Midnight Suns. I'm sure he would, yeah. And we'll we'll definitely be seeing Oscar again. Yeah, that was the one thing about the show. Okay, well well I, I want to say really quick with all that being said, I really really like the show. It probably is my favorite if not my second favorite Disney Plus Marvel show so far. And it it left me with a lot of hope honestly for the future of Marvel. I was kind of I had a bad taste in my mouth from the last few ventures, mm. uh, which is sad because I've up to that point I've just been praising Marvel for for years. But this show, I think, really restored my faith and hope in what they can do, what they're able to do, and I really really liked it. So I I have no idea what they're going to do with Oscar Isaac uh, with Moon Knight, with the character of Moon Knight going forward. You have you have any idea? It's wild. Moon Knight two. Well, do you think I, I could see the series continue, you know, and, and them do a whole nother venture just like this, you know, and having them having Stephen Grant and Mark Spector now as one individual trying to now tackle their third personality. But, you know, I also sense like I sense like a lot of team ups potentially happening. Yeah. I don't know if we have heard of anything Marvel's released information on where that would be implied yeah there there has been no illusions or alluding to the future of moon knight and that was that's one thing that i'm kind of bummed about i would like to see if feige in the next week or so comes out and he's like yeah so you'll see moon knight again you know there wasn't even the thing that they they used to do in the films which is like moon knight will return yeah you know or something like that have they ever done that in the show i don't i maybe i think so actually but yeah i should also say for fans listening that hate the comparison of Batman, what I meant when I, when I say it's like a more psychotic Batman is that he uses a lot of the same grit and tools that Batman uses as, as far as like Batman having batarangs, Moon Knight has his, his moon rings. We got a grapple in the last episode. Yeah. Which was sick. Yeah. And that's what I meant by, by Batman, but he's like the poor man's, Batman. Well, Moon Knight apparently can just fly at nighttime. 
I had no idea that that was a thing. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. He's just going. I actually was going to look that up. Can Moon Knight fly? But Only at night with the full moon. Because I don't remember him flying. I do know his powers get stronger when it is a full moon. Nice. And when it's not a full moon, he has less power, less capability. That's fair. But what'd you think of the whole, what'd you think of uh, Layla? I love Layla. Scarlet Scarab. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Layla was. I didn't expect that. Neither did I. When they pulled that out, I was like, oh, they made her a superhero. I thought maybe she would like briefly work as Kanchi's avatar just to, yeah. you know. I thought, I honestly thought that Mark Spector wasn't going to return her from the dead and that Layla was going to be the Moon Knight going forward. And I was going to be so shocked. Yeah. That thought crossed my mind as well. But as soon as she put on the Egyptian Falcon garb as the avatar of Talwaret. Captain Falcon. I thought that was awesome. She's great. I hope we see more of her with Moon Knight in the future. They make a good team. It would be cool. And there's more ground to cover in their relationship, too, with the exploration of Jake Lockley and with Steven and Mark now cohabitating. If if Moon Knight ever dies, or like if Oscar Isaac ever has to leave, Layla can easily pick up as female Moon Knight, which would be rad. Well, she seems pretty much being, she doesn't want to be (laughs) after what she's seen Khonshu do to Mark. She's over that. I do think Khonshu has ulterior motives as well, as shown in the, the final sequence where he's like, the reason I picked him is because we've got Jake, you know? Yeah, he's a crafty yeah. devil or god. He's a crafty god. I love the I love the look of Khonshu, too. Like, I didn't expect that, to be honest, to be, like, constantly in the background or hovering around as this big skeleton bird man, you uh-huh. know? I did not expect to see that throughout the show. Yeah, we, we caught a glimpse of him in the teasers and trailers, but to see him fully fleshed out in the show was pretty fun for me who i you know i always love the yeah the weird stuff like that and on that note to just throw a little more love on episode five which was both like the huge emotional and uh you know aesthetic i guess you could say set piece of the of the entire show all the exploration of all the extra dimensional spaces that you mentioned like the field of reeds and the duat uh osiris's gate all of that was sick um they mentioned the ancestral plane, which I think was from was that Black Panther or no? Oh yeah, but yeah. they they but not even just like Easter eggs like that. But Tauret was amazing, mm-hmm. the hippo goddess, <laughs> and like you said, everything in the mental asylum as a both a like an actual space and a like a representation of Mark's inward his, struggle. his internal struggle, yeah, yeah, his battle with himself to come to terms with his trauma was really cool to watch. And it did feel like Marvel was raising their game a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, just like thematically. Like, I, I still think Loki's my favorite of Marvel's production so far because of the, all the sci-fi stuff, but Moon Knight feels like heads and shoulders above in terms of like, we're moving the bar, I think, a little bit in the right direction. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see if they can keep that momentum. Yeah. I'm not thrilled with what I've heard about the, like the kid-friendly take on, uh, I think, what they're doing with Miss Marvel. I'm probably not even going to watch that, <laughs> to be honest. I think it's like PG or something. I'm just like, okay, I don't need any more like Hawkeye, like Hawkeye B-sides. I'm just like, okay, you know. But Moon Knight, Loki, keep expanding like the possibilities of storytelling in this in your cinematic universe, you know. 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch Miss Marvel only because... It's Marvel. It's Mar. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. watch everything that they're going to put out. So, uh, And I will, will definitely be doing a podcast on it. So whether you want to be a part of that... Yeah, I'll be on. You can just talk to me about yeah. it. I will say I was disappointed we didn't get any tease of like uh, Gore, the God Butcher in Moon Knight. That would have been cool with all the Egyptian pantheon. Like, yeah. Because there were a lot of them missing too. Well, it is interesting thinking about the gods and how you have the Norse gods, you have Thor and Odin and Loki, and then you have the Egyptian gods. And uh, there's other kind of gods that are alluded to. You know, we have Hercules coming out in the next Thor movie, played by Russell Crowe. He's super dead. (laughs) He's Zeus. Sorry. Yeah. Zeus is coming. People are expecting Hercules. But, yeah, I'm... I'm just interested to see it, how if they go if they do more of that where they really dip into the gods and how they operate you know especially in addition to the celestials and you know people like the eternals and the more cosmic realm yeah if I had to make a sequel to the eternals by the way I would call it celestials and I would focus on them you like using the eternals as the characters like focusing on the celestials picking just a few would be a pretty interesting thing for Marvel to try to do cuz all the stories they they should everything they've ever done so far has been they they're human stories you know even when they're not so to see a celestial film would just it would blow my mind <laughs> to like watch Marvel try to grapple with like a commercially viable property and uh some kind of cosmic well, you know, story. <laughs> sure. No, yeah. I I find it interesting because I think I think we're not alone when we say Captain Marvel was not our favorite. And so their sequel to Captain Marvel is going to be called Marvels and it's going to have Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau all in there like teaming up or something. We don't really know exactly what, but that'll be great. <laughs> I would say that it's almost like a rebranding. And so I'd say like because of the ambiguous nature of the feedback for the Eternals film, kind of like a a soft rebrand would actually aid them if they focused more on something else besides the Eternals themselves. Not to say you can't use Gemma Chan and Angelina Jolie and the rest of the cast that you you have because a lot of them are... I love Gemma Chan in that film. But... but, um, you could still use them, but while focusing on a, a plot that has to do with the Celestials or something. Well, that's another exciting possibility with the multiverse is that you it could can be literally a hot take do by Steven as well. Anything? No, I think that's that's fair. But we're in the multiverse now, so anything is possible. Yeah, we're gonna see we're gonna see Mom tomorrow. We're gonna see literally Mom tomorrow. tomorrow. Sam Raimi's I'm Mom. I'm already curious where they're gonna leave the multiverse at the end of that film. Like it'd be cool if they buttoned it up and said multiverses. We we fixed it. Like we can't this was do the that fix. though, because Kang. I know we're gonna blow Mom wide open. So you think this is this is the beginning of blow? <laughs> this is the beginning. This is the beginning. Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. I'm fully expecting it to be the actual first. Like Wanda, Loki. We're just teasing. You know yeah. what? What and Spider Man. We're just teasing what Doctor Strange's film is gonna do. So hey, here's to hoping it's you know delivers. I just wonder how long they can do that before we close the doors in the multiverse. I know that Kevin Feige and the rest of the producers are doing their, their every few years, they're doing their retreat to Palm Springs soon where they talk about the next 10 years of Marvel. 
Good for them. <laughs> Makes me want to hunt them down and, would, go, and go, go like, can I be a part of this? Yeah. Well, just baseless speculation, I feel like it would be another three phases or whatever, right? Culminating in something just as iconic. Kingy. As in-game. Yeah. And then who knows where they could go after that? Because after you've done the multiverse, how do you continue to raise the stakes? I guess you could go like all the way up the chain, like we mentioned, finding God. Who's God now? <laughs> 30, 40 years of Marvel. We'll have the DC crossover at that Here's point. an interesting question. Will we ever stop getting Marvel now? Because it has essentially become its own industry. It is the film industry. I do think, I do think there will be less Marvel after 10 years. You less think? Marvel after Foggy retires. I think it's going to be like a... Bold when, of you to assume he'll retire. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think the man can only do so much, you know, before he burns out like Zack Snyder in the middle of Justice League. I don't think Kevin Foggy can burn out. He's God. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. But I will say, if it does fall to someone else, it probably will peter out, you know? Yeah. Just like the Bob switch at Disney, the CEO... Bob Iger to Bob, Bob, Bob Chapek. Bob Chapek is already being like, what is this trash? Like everything that they're doing with Disney right now is just like, I'm putting on your tinfoil hat and I'm saying Bob Chapek is just the fall guy. You know, he's just like, we got to throw Bob under the bus. We don't want Bob Iger to be the guy. So Bob Iger's retired. He's gone. You're never fully retired in Marvel, Steven. You're never fully dressed. You're not dead unless they kill you on screen. And even then you're not dead. Okay. You're never fully dressed without a smile, Gabe. Is that? I've never heard that. Is that a saying? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I seldom smile. I know I'm your friend. Meaningfully. <laughs> I'll smile all the time, but it's like a. It's you're, like, you're laughing. I'm like, hey. You're grimacing. <laughs> it's a grimace. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that being said, we appreciate this Marvel show. We appreciate you guys for listening, all of three or four of you. And Gabe, take, take us out. Thanks. Uh, it's good to be here.
Laters, gators. 